Austin, today's the day. We finally get to talk to him. I'm so excited, man. <laughs> Matt, Welcome I'm to just, an episode. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, Matt, I uh we're I was like that face to when you popped up here. I was like, he is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also like thrilled because I'm moved in. We're still not fully unpacked. In fact, we really not started, but I'm moved into a new place. We're talking to Marcus Newland. It's a great day. <laughs> so I know. So excited. So I guess before before we introduce him and before he like we get to that interview, uh, which was great, by the way, definitely want to stick around for that. I, I do want to kind of uh, give a little refresher on his game because this is a player that really hasn't been on many people's radars this year. He wasn't on NHL Central Scouting. I believe he wasn't on Elite Prospects. But this is a player that we ranked very high on our rankings. I believe he was 83rd or 84th. And Austin, you and I kind of fell in love with his game uh, over the course of the season after I introduced you to him. Uh, he's just such a fun player, you know? He, yeah. I mean, we've talked about him a bunch. We talked about him two episodes ago with the late round um, podcast. And, you know, one of the things is just his offensive zone skill is just, he's got skill, he's got speed. Um, he just needs opportunity. So, uh, that's going to be the biggest thing for him going forward is hopefully showcasing uh, some power play opportunities. Um, as you listen to it, it's hard not to reference the interview because uh, we just talked to him. But as you listen to the interview, you kind of hear like how excited he was to get those opportunities and how he's kind of like trying to get more opportunity as he uh, kind of goes into next year as well. So uh, just a huge fan of his game in general, though. Yeah, he, he's a player that plays with a ton of pace and you know, you always hear this about players that are below six feet, that they're undersized and they're not the strongest player. But in my opinion, like you don't need to be that type of player to be successful in the NHL. You don't need to be a big bruiser. Nguyen's able to create space for himself. He's phenomenal in the defensive zone and the pace he plays at the level of hockey sense that he has and the amount of skill he has with the puck. For me, this is a player that I absolutely would be gunning for in the draft just because he has those tools that you can't teach naturally or that are harder to teach. Like you can teach the motor and the work ethic and you can help a player skating get better, but it's way easier to get a player to be an elite skater if they're already one of the top skaters in their league. And I think that's what Marcus is. You know, I he's just uh two steps ahead of a lot of where i would expect whl players to be in terms of how they read the plays how they read the game um in the offensive zone in the defensive zone you know on the penalty kill like he uh he reads the game so well and that's really a, a hard trait you know i mentioned like my own kid it's one of the hardest things to teach someone because it's like it's so you you're almost taught tunnel vision going up through the ranks uh, of hockey, of your skill, your speed, like get the puck, just get the puck, get the puck. And Marcus is just so cerebral on some times of how he wear, uh, plays the game. Um, I, it really, like when you you sent him to me, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, I know this player because ancillary uh, viewings, I hear Marcus win, Marcus win all the time, you know, like, but now I'm going to go and watch him 
from a shift by shift and it all translates. Um, so it was no surprises to me when you said like, Hey, I love this player. I was like, yeah, I can see why I hear about this player all the time when I watch Portland, a player play against Portland. Yeah. So it's actually interesting because when you watch Portland's broadcast, um, you know, they do call him Marcus Nguyen. He, he told us that the actual pronunciation of his name is Marcus Wen, but that there's a variety of ways to pronounce it. And, you know, he's totally fine with the broadcast saying Nguyen because he's heard it pronounced that in other families too, or he's heard it pronounced that in general. So it's a really fun interview. We love Marcus as a player and you can definitely hear that in our, in our interview, because I mean, we, we want to see him drafted. We want to see an NHL team take a chance on him because at some point in this draft, it does. I like the word Josh used in the DMS yesterday when we were talking, he said, this draft class gets very sleepy. And I agree. Like this, this is a draft class that has a lot of players who are good, but not great. And Marcus is one of those players that could legitimately be great. You know, it's it's hard to categorize uh, this draft this draft class a lot because you know there are, we always talk in um, like you and I, the smart team, talk a lot about like these players are going to go early, like later, but like we there's also this uh, convoluted thought, thought in my head of like but who's going before these players? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause we've watched a ton of North American hockey this year. Like you've watched the entire WHL. Like I've, I mean, outside of like high school prep, like I've watched a lot of North American hockey. Like it's, I'm, I, it's going to be interesting to watch how this all kind of comes out. Cause once you get past about pick 55 in this draft, I'm throwing my hands in the air. Like I, I, it can go like, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not necessarily would we do it at smart or would I do it personally, but like, I wouldn't be shocked about seeing a player who I was pegging as a fourth round pick end up as a second round pick or as a seventh round pick as end up as a third round pick. You know what I mean? Like, I think Josh's assessment assessment is very good in that you're going to fall in love with a player at a certain point in this draft. And then it's going to get, it's going to go haywire. Um, But I do think, like if Marcus ends up in the third round, I'm not going to be shocked. Do you know what I mean? Like if he ends up in the seventh round, I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah. I feel like this draft 55 actually seems a little late for me for it to get to be silly season. I actually think it's going to start around 40. I think those top teams in the second round are going to pick the guys that we expect them to, you know, or at least close to it. But after that, I really think this draft is just going to be silliness. You're not wrong. You know, um, I've always theorized that if you're European, undersized, and not a center, like, there's a good chance you're falling. Do you know what I mean? We have a lot of people who fall in that kind of guideline ranked in our top 64. Yep. You know, Adam Sikora, Noah Oslin, they two that's Matthias Havlid, uh, Kelly Odelius is six foot, but, like, never was the big point producer. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot of these guys who we love who might, who knows where they're going to go. Like um, we would take them early, but, but I, I, Marcus falls into that. Marcus falls into that bucket of someone we like. And truthfully, um, if I'm going to be honest, Marcus is his biggest uh, conundrum for me is opportunity. He didn't get a lot of power play time. Didn't get a lot of ice time. Played a little bit on the penalty kill. Like 
with more opportunity, what does he look like? Because uh, with a limited opportunity, how many goals did he end up with, Matt? It was like 22, 23, something like that. Yeah, right? low 20s, which is still pretty good. For 11 minutes of ice time? Yeah. For me, I think, and this will be the last thing I say before we get to the interview, I think he is my biggest breakout candidate for next year. He and Ben Hemmerling, both playing for U.S. division teams, are my biggest breakout candidates because both players, Hemmerling less so, he was able to get more of an opportunity as the season went on. But with Marcus, it was always like roughly around third line minutes on a team that I mentioned this in the interview, really did a lot of its scoring by committee. And uh, just from talking to people, there are some people that believe Marcus could be a 30 to 40 goal scorer next year, easily with some of the talent that Portland has leaving. They believe that Marcus could be one of the top players on that team next year. Marcus is a hands down in the WHL, my number one candidate. I would say overall, Biggest breakout I'd put it on is if you can get Brad Lambert to the CHL next year, I think he goes absolutely insane. Uh, oh, don't give me that look, man. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I think Brad Lambert in the CHL is a different player. But I would say in terms of the round and kind of like the person who's being underrated in the area we're talking about, like Marcus takes the cake yeah. without a doubt. I don't know, man. At some point with Lambert, you'd like to see him actually do well against men but um I, I know josh still believes in him but i think i think there's a lot of there's a lot of discourse around lambert maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that after the marcus interview but for now i think we are going to go right ahead to that marcus when interview and folks we are here today with portland winterhawks forward marcus when how are you doing today marcus good good just uh, settling into the summer routine now and getting into training. So it's been good so far. And so, you know, obviously this is your draft year. You're, you're heading into, you know, it's a very important summer and you're coming off of a pretty impressive se- season given that this is, I believe, your first full WHL season, you know. Yeah, no, it was really good. I mean, you know, there's – of course, ups, ups and downs during the season, but overall, I think I had a pretty successful season with I was just getting better as a overall hockey player on and off the ice. So first, like the first thing I, I like to do when we, we talk to a player is to kind of get their background and where where they started playing hockey, because a lot of players have very different backgrounds. So obviously you're from Calgary, but how did you get started playing hockey and um you know, when the Winterhawks called at the draft, you know, what led to that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I started skating when I want to say, I want to say around six years old. So hockey's pretty much been a, you know, big thing in my life, my whole life. So, I mean, my, uh, my parents actually named me after Marcus Nasland. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I got, uh, my name after him, but, uh, yeah, so, so I've been playing hockey my whole life and, uh, you know, just working my way towards up to, you know, the Batum draft, of course, with, you know, the Western league. And, uh, I got fortunate enough to be selected by, you know, Portland, such a great organization. So, you know, just working, 
you know, the past few years been working to, you know, make the roster, of course, as a 16 year old. And then finally uh, trying to, you know, work my way up in the in first spots in the on the lineup. So it's been good. So, Marcus, you the Bantam draft is early in the WHL. <laughs> when did you know that, like, hey, hockey might be a thing for me? Like, when did it become like a full time obsession for you? Yeah, um, I've loved hockey all my life. It's been, you know, the number one sport. Of course, I played other sports growing up, but I kind of knew around going into uh, coming up into first year Bantam, I would say kind of, you know, made triple A's of, as a first year. So that was kind of a big deal. So I think that's kind of when I realized, you know, I could you know, actually do something with this and I, I really enjoy it and have been enjoying it. So it's, it's you know, love of the game. So what other sports you play when you were growing up? Yeah, I've pl- I've tried out uh, football when I was younger. <laughs> I didn't really like that. Uh, I remember my last game was like in the snow and I just really didn't like running in the snow. So quit that <laughs> after one year. And then I also played baseball for a couple of years. So I played triple A a bit up to, I want to say 13 years old. So um, yeah. And then of course, other recreational sports, you know, I play basketball with my friends football or like uh soccer and all that so yeah it's good what was your uh, position in baseball i played shortstop (laughs) oh he's an athlete he's an athlete (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say as like the least athletic kid on my team but the only left-handed player the only position for me was first base so uh, yeah um i i kind of wanted to ask you know this year portland was a team that kind of did a lot of their scoring by committee it felt like you know you had four lines that realistically could have been offensive driving lines. So, you know, what's it like trying to find a role on that team and knowing that wherever you are in the lineup, there's going to be the opportunity for you to create offense. Yeah, no, it was definitely a little, a little shaky at the start, you know, trying to just be comfortable with uh, my spot in the lineup and trying to work my way up, of course, but as you know, this, as the season went along, I kind of, you know, gained my confidence and started playing like I, you know, know how I can play. And um, I mean, yeah, we have we had a really good team this past season. We had, you know, great depth from top to bottom. So, I mean, playing anywhere in the lineup was good. I mean, we were we were a really close team, so you could really play with anyone. And it was uh, it was really comfortable with anyone as well. So it was it was really good whether I was on the first line or fourth line, third line, second line, it was, it was always, I was always comfortable playing wherever I was. So um, Marcus, as you're growing up, um, who are your biggest influences on your game? Like uh, was it family members? Was there a development coach? Uh, one of your coaches, like your, um, your, your travel coaches, uh, like who really kind of shaped influence the way you play? Uh, def- definitely my dad, I'd say, you know, he, uh, himself he never played hockey actually played soccer all his life but uh he really loved watching hockey so um he really got me into skating of course around six years old and then you know getting me into the sport but definitely my dad was my number one you know role model to look up to and supporter and you know of course my mom as well and then my uncles definitely because they um they played uh ice hockey as well so I mean, you know, just learning from them and getting tips, whatever, growing up. So it was, it was always good talking, talking about hockey with them.
So uh, what, what kind of tips? So I have a 13 year old, Marcus, uh, who uh, who will probably barge in here and start asking me questions about how he can be an NHL player someday. Yeah. Um, so what type of tips do, does, does, did your dad kind of give you or like what was one that like resonated with you that you that stuck with you as you kind of gone through gone through since yeah. six years old to now? Yeah, no, definitely. Just I know it's cliche, but, uh, you know, just always work hard. I mean, you know, scale can bring you to a point, you know, it could be the most skilled guy on the ice, but, you know, if another guy beside you is working harder than you, then eventually he'll, you know, pass you and he'll get more, he'll, he'll be uh, more skilled than you later on, but, you know, just never stop working. And, you know, you just got to love the game and, you know, the love for it will come and, you know, working hard comes with it as well. So just definitely keep working. It's good advice, Marcus. It's good advice. (laughs) So, we want to talk about you balancing the fact that, you know, not only are you a high school student, you're, you're a WHL player in the midst mm-hmm. of not only the playoffs, but you're playing for one of the top teams in the league. Mm-hmm. You're obviously playing for the draft. And I, I don't know if many people know this. You're also taking IB classes as well on mm-hmm. top of all that. Yeah. So how do you balance all that? Yeah, no, it's a lot. Of course, you know, being a high school student going to after, actually going half uh, going into high school in the mornings before practicing and working out so our schedule kind of looked like the high school kids had to wake up around seven and then get to school at for a uh, 745 class so you know it was a lot I had two classes uh IB math it was math calculus so that was a pretty heavy class and then I had uh anatomy 30 bio so you know it was a lot of school and a lot of hockey to kind of time management uh, time manage but you know, if you, you know, get home after practice or whatever, kind of put your head down, get to work. And you know, I, I managed it well. So it was pretty successful during the whole season. And as, as somebody that failed calculus in college twice, uh, it's always pretty impressive when somebody can balance calculus with anything else. I was supposed to say, Marcus, did you just take calculus and play the WHL season? Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Kind of so. Look, I'm not going to ask you if you read Matt's scouting report on you, but if uh, we were going to ask you to kind of like, if you were going to come on the smart and kind of like give your own scouting report about yourself, like, what would you say about yourself in terms of like how you see the ice? What are your strengths, weaknesses? Um, do you feel like any part of your game is like underrated? Like people don't talk enough about it, uh, but you feel like it's a really strong point for your game? Yeah, no, I think, uh, uh, I've really took pride my whole life and my whole hockey career on my skating for sure. I mean, uh, you know, I've, you know, growing up took a lot of power skating lessons or whatever, but I think, you know, playing with speed and, you know, my skating ability of, you know, quick turns or whatever, trying to escape guys, you know, I'm a smaller guy. So being quick is definitely, you know, like my strength of my game for sure all around the ice. And then, um, you know, my weaknesses, you know, of course I can get stronger and uh, kind of win more battles along the boards. I think, you know, to, that just comes with, you know, growing up also. So just working during the summer in the weight room and trying to gain that muscle for sure. So, um, so Marcus, when I've watched you, so I, I kind of crop Matt watches the WHL and I kind of cross yeah. over in North America. And yeah. when Matt brought up your name, um, the first thing I said to Matt was I called you a radio player. 
And that uh, every time I'm watching you play, like the announcers always say, Marcus, win, Marcus, win, Marcus, uh-huh. win. So like you were always kind of I, in my mind, you process the game very well. Like mm-hmm. how when how did you learn to kind of read what's going on in the ice? You're usually a step or two ahead of what's going on in the ice. Yeah. Is that something you studied? Is that something that came natural to you? Um, talk a little bit about how you studied the game. Yeah. No, growing up, I, you know, just lo- love for the game. I always watched a lot of hockey growing up for sure. You know, whether it be you know, I could go watch the Hitman games or the, the Flames games at the Saddle Dome. So I watched a lot of hockey. You know, me and my dad would go a lot. And also uh, on the TV, he would always have a game on that night or whatever. So I, I tried to, you know, watch the game a lot. And, you know, he would tell me growing up to kind of pick a player and watch him. So that's kind of where I learned to, you know, kind of focus on one guy instead of like the whole the whole screen just kind of watch one guy but also I think it comes with um just like I think playing other sports really helped to kind of you know it's it's good to you know focus on one thing for sure but I think if you expand your mind to other things and kind of adapt to situations whether it be you know let's say like I just for example like guy hits the ball you know a shortstop kind of timing or whatever to catch that ground grounder. So, I mean, it's just little things like that growing up. And I always tried to stay active and just little things like that. You make a good point. I've gone uh, straight. My kid plays flag football. And yeah. uh, ever since he played flag football and he was, he played quarterback, mm-hmm. I felt like his timing got way better because it started off where he just threw it to only when guys were open. And now he throws yeah. it to space. Right. And that kind of translated to hockey where instead of going tape to tape, it went tape to space. So for sure. I, I 100% would agree with uh, the multiple sports there, Marcus. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll true. kick it over to you, Matt. Oh, oh, oh all right. Uh, so we're going to, I guess the, the one last thing we have like hockey related and some, some of the fun questions are hockey related too, but like, is there an exact science to creating a takeaway because when Mm -hmm. when we've watched you play we've noticed that you know a player will make a pass and then all of a sudden you're coming in last second stealing the puck and turning it the other way for yeah i mean usually a a grade a scoring chance Mm -hmm. so is there is there a science to the timing of it is it knowing when the player's going to make the pass or Mm -hmm. how does that work yeah no it's just you know, kind of playing with speed has been a staple of mine my whole career. So I think, you know, playing fast, but also thinking fast, it really helps. So, you know, you know, of course, takeaways all over the ice can happen at any time during the game. But I, I tried to, you know, get my feet moving and then, you know, thinking fast as well, kind of reading the play where it goes before it happens is, you know, what, what, what I've kind of you know, worked on my whole life. So, I mean, it's just, you know, little things like that you kind of develop over time, but it's, it's kind of a science with, you know, you just gotta have, you know, good hockey IQ, of course, but also, you know, thinking the game well, you're thinking the game fast, also playing fast. Marcus, I have one more question kind of going through that. Is there a a moment this season for you personally that sticks out as like the high point for the season for you, like something that you like you're, you hang on to as like, that was the best part of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, just thinking of games or whatever, but uh, you know, of course uh, you probably saw like the Seattle penalty shot goal. That was a pretty special moment. 
But uh, I think there's one game against Everett. Um, it was, I think, after a little after the break. All of our, most of our top guys were out with COVID, I think. And all these younger guys had to step up and uh, play a higher role in the lineup. So I think I got good opportunity there to, you know, showcase myself. And, uh, you know, it was a really fun game, kind of just playing more minutes and playing a, you know, more, more important role, I would say. But, yeah, that was a really fun game. We kind of, we squeezed the win out of overtime. So, against the full Everett team. So it was good. It was fun. That's awesome, Marcus. Yeah. Against my boy, Ronan Seeley. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. So we've got the we've got the fun. We call them the fun questions coming up. Basically, it's just to get to know you as the, yep. the person and not the hockey player. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really easy. Um, the first one is the hardest one, though. And we, we kind of talked to you about it before. But yeah. You get to pick your own goal song. Yeah. What yeah. is it? And if you have a reason behind it, uh, feel free to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking of it. Um, I'm really, you know, of course, like you said before, Jarvis saying TNT. I've heard that a bunch of times in in the VMC or whatever. But uh, I I really like the kind of electronic music. I don't know. I I it's called the Booya. We listen it listen to it before our off ice warmups before games. So that kind of, you know, gets, gets the blood flowing. And I think that's a really good one. You know, it's really loud. So it's good. A good answer. I was hoping you were going to say something from like DJ Caleb. Now that we know how to pronounce your name correctly and it's win. Yeah. I was like, let's go. Like that would be my, <laughs> but it's okay, Marcus. It's, you go with what you like. Um, yeah, no, so we're no. going to go into two questions about like when you were been, you were growing up, when you were yeah. growing up, not now, not marrying you to an NHL NHL team now, anyone listening, but growing up, what was your favorite NHL team? Yeah. Growing up, uh, you know, of course I lived in Calgary, so the flames were a big one, but um, I kind of really enjoyed watching Patrick Kane. So in that era of when, you know, when cops or whatever, I, I really liked the Chicago Blackhawks. So they've been my favorite team all my life growing up. So for sure. And would you say Kane was your favorite player? I would say Cade probably was my favorite player to watch. Yeah, for sure. I'm old, Matt. Kane's from <laughs> Buffalo. I, I grew up with Kane in yeah. South Buffalo boy coming from what Buffalo. So it's like, damn, Marcus grew up as his idol, and I'm just the same age as him. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, he's old ass man. Here. <laughs> yeah. uh, so here's like we've got we call them the desert island questions. So yep. You're stranded on a desert island, and you can bring along three movies to watch. Which movies are you picking? Three movies. Um, or are you I, a big? I am actually. I am a big movie guy. I uh, I enjoy. Yeah, I like movies more than shows, actually. So, um, I think you know my favorite like kind of series of movies is Fast and Furious. So I'd bring probably the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift movie for sure. I'd be my number one. And then I think another one would probably be like just a classic Happy Gilmore or something, just something <laughs> to make me laugh. And then um, one more, probably, probably say, try to think here. Um, you know, I, I love Adam Sandler's show. I think Billy Madison's a funny movie as well. 
I you like Adam? Did you see Hustle at all on Netflix yet? Yes, I watched it the couple couple nights ago. It that was, was amazing. It was a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, no. I was like, dang, I didn't know Adam Sandler could do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. Yeah, no, it was really good. If you had to pick, um, you say you weren't a big TV show, but if you're going to bring one album, one to three albums, you have to pick at least one, Marcus. It could be an artist, an album, either or to listen to on a desert island. What would you pick? Yeah. Um, let's see. You know, I grew up Alberta, big country country music guy so i think um you know I, anything from morgan wall and he's uh I, I really like uh, i really enjoy him and uh john party as well so those two guys are probably my top country singers it must sure. be a calgary thing mark <laughs> my, my father's from calgary and my uh my my uh cousins are over there they yeah. own a bison farm same answer when i asked him this question so. <laughs> yeah. no yeah That's probably uh those two or something and then yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty uh no, I'm not really specific with my music. So I like, you know, country, I like rap, I like all that stuff. But I think, you know, Morgan Wall and John Party and then maybe, you know, throwing you know, I think Taylor Swift is pretty good too. Listen to those throwbacks. <laughs> or Selena Gomez. It's kind of it's kind of sad that the guy from the actual like cultural south of the US like doesn't know these people at all <laughs> like no clue yeah no, it's all good i was gonna say i think luke combs might be the only country artist i know yeah no luke, luke combs is really good too uh so i guess i guess um we'll, we'll throw this this one in together just because the desert island questions i mean you know the thing yeah. at this point so you've got either you know a book a book series or like just a handful of books that you'd pick and then if if you could choose teammates to be on the island, which ones would you pick, or would you just rather be alone? No, I definitely bring um, a couple of my teammates for sure. Um, I live with uh, Gabe Clausen and Cal Chizowski. so you know those guys. You know, I live with them for you know what nine ten months, so that was a good time, good long uh, time spent with them. So definitely bring those guys. So bring them back. And then maybe, uh, uh, you know, Dawson Pasternak's a really good buddy of mine as well. And there's there's a lot of guys I can bring. Cross, you know, Anis, all those guys. So if I were going to ask you what your favorite pregame snack or pregame meal is, what would yeah. you say? Uh, we, le- I, we ate a lot of uh, pasta and salmon, for sure. Oh. I think that's my number one. So... It was either pasta and salmon or pasta, just chicken Alfredo. So definitely, you know, big pasta guy. And I love, I love salmon. So it's good, good pregame meal. Yeah. Do you cook or, or are you the last person that wants to be touching anything? Yeah, no, I, I don't touch the kitchen on game day. <laughs> but uh, I'm really, I was really fortunate enough to have a really awesome billet mom. So, she, you know, taking three, three guys on the team, that's a lot of food. So she always made meals on game days and, you know, we were very fortunate enough to get some really good food from her. Yeah. Taking in three kids has to be yeah a lot. <laughs> no, it so, is. Um, oh, this awesome. This is a good one. I didn't see this one. Yeah. Uh, so you get the chance to have like a dinner with any four people 
and they right. could be dead or alive. It could be anybody yeah. out there. Who would you pick? Yeah. Um, just trying to think here. Um, this is a tough one. I know. I have to think yeah. about this too. I think one for sure would be Tiger Woods. I think, you know, he's an incredible golfer. I mean, I'm not sure about now, but, you know, back then for sure, he, he knows a couple of things on the course. So talk to him about that. And then, of course, um, I could say Wayne Gretzky, you know, just the great one, of course, and learning, learning or uh, getting some, a couple tips from him would be pretty cool. And then um, I'm trying to think another guy. Let's see. Yeah, it doesn't have to be four. It can be whoever. It can be have however many. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy who comes on the top of my head is um, – I think I would have a laugh with Conor McGregor, MMA or whatever. I think he's a pretty funny guy. He's he's really bold, but um, that would be a fun dinner. That would be an interesting four-person was, combination right there. I'm going to be honest with you. No, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. When I thought about it, I when I wrote this question, Matt and Marcus, I was sitting here and I was like, "What would I pick?" And I was like, "I would pick Jeffrey Ross, Daniel Tosh, Patrice O'Neill, and the Tiger King." And I would just be, it would just be my own little roast of the Tiger King. Yeah, I would just yeah. cry, laugh the whole time. So look, whatever the rationale is, yeah, uh, right. it's hilarious. Marcus, binary question: I'm gonna sell you to to Buffalo fans right here. Uh, you're eating a chicken wing. Are you dipping it in ranch or blue cheese? Ooh. Um, uh, preferably ranch, I'd say. Delete that off the podcast for Buffalo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just messing with you, Marcus. Look, down south, it's all ranch. Buffalo, it's all blue cheese. Uh, Again, I'm the guy from the cultural south. Blue cheese is is the way to go. Luna, stop. I knew I liked you, Matt. Yeah, I I, I do what I can, Austin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, I'm not going to ask you your opinions on barbecue because that's what every single player that comes here gets asked. And I'm so tired of it. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite hobby or like thing to do when you're not playing hockey, being a student, mm-hmm. yeah, et cetera. Um, I try to play a lot of golf. I think, I mean, you know, golf or if you've ever heard of it, spike ball. Yeah, me and my me and a couple of buddies of mine, you know, my best friends here, we always try to get together every day, either kind of book a tea time or whatever, go to a field and you know just set up the spike ball net and get outside, be active. So, you know, I like you know being outside, and of course it's summertime, so the warm weather. But uh, yeah, definitely anything active, especially golf and spike ball. Spike ball. Oh, that's a tough one for me. I, I thought I'd be good at it. I'm not that good at it, Marcus. Yeah, I, no, it's a tough <laughs> one. It's a tough one. Have you played pickleball? I have actually. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I really like it. You like it? Yeah, I, I do. struggle. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, we live uh, uh, 30 seconds away. I want to say to another billet house in Portland, and they got a sport court, so we would go over there sometimes, kind of set up the pickleball net and play or play a couple rounds so yeah it was pretty fun oh that sounds awesome i have yeah. one last question for you marcus yep. that's it you get drafted in the 2022 nhl draft outside of like hugging your mom and dad uh any family 
who's the first person you're going to call text uh, to say thank you to after you kind of shake the hands of the NHL team that you, that you just, that just drafted you. Like outside my family. Yeah. Outside your family. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would say uh, my best friends here. Um, uh, I got three really close guys and, you know, we're, we're really tight net. So we do everything together. I think, you know, those guys, um, they, they play hockey, of course, but those guys have been, you know, my, uh, my biggest supporters and, you know, they follow along every game, they watch every game. So I try to do the same for them. You know, one plays in the USHL, so, and he's going to Denver next year. So I, Is that I Rager to, Lawrence? Uh, yeah, Rieger, I, I grew up playing with Rieger, but, uh, the other one's Kent Anderson. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, me and him are really close. And then got a couple other guys, but uh, yeah, those guys, you know, they've, we've grown up together. We played bat first year Batham together. So we've known each other forever. And you know, those guys have been my number one supporters for sure. Outside of my family. Well, that's, that's awesome. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Spending some time with us. Uh, is there any other thing that you'd like to say? This is your platform to tell teams, Hey, I'm Marcus draft me <laughs> anything you want to say the floor is yours um no but nothing specific but just you know I appreciate you guys getting me on here and you know thanks for taking the time out of your days to you know speak with me and you know I had a good time leading up to it and I'm glad uh you guys really enjoy my game and hopefully you know I you know there's teams out there that uh, see that so I mean you know, I, I tried to, you know, focus my game on hard work and, you know, dedication. I think, you know, going back to the question where you said uh, underrated part of my game, I didn't really get to quite answer that. But I would think uh, my penalty killing for sure, that kind of defensive penalty killing kind of aspect of the game. Um, yeah, but, you know, we kind of working with uh, Don Hay, he's our main penalty coach. So I really took pride in that and, you know, it's good to play the offensive side of the game, but I also take uh, lots of pride in my defensive side as well. So, you know, I try to develop my game into that 200-foot whole game. Well, Marcus, thanks again for coming on. Best of luck uh, heading into next month's draft, and uh, yep. hopefully we will get to see you in the sightless eye here in Raleigh mm-hmm. in August. <laughs> that's that's my bias take today. Yeah. I have to get it in once. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, I would say, Marcus, we'll be rooting for your big fans of you. Uh, thank you for thank you for taking time to come on, and yeah. thank you for dealing with all my technical issues that I <laughs> caused myself here uh, with oh, all of this. Good. So, huge thanks again to Marcus for coming on the the podcast here and talking with us. That was it was a fantastic interview. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on. Huge, I mean, I loved some of his answers. Uh, I mean, honestly, Matt, one of the things I, I really appreciated that Marcus said as a parent of a 12, 13 year old is that how important playing multiple sports was. Um, growing up, a lot of very serious hockey players are kind of like focusing on one sport. And, you know, I know there's been a, a kind of a movement. I think there's a book out recently about being a generalist, but, you know, hearing him talk about multiple sports, the importance of like what it play, what it meant to play multiple sports was really interesting to me. Um, especially as I'm pushing my kid to play something other than hockey, um, and not be a singular focused child and, 
go and play football with his friends, basketball with his friends, soccer with his friends, go do something besides playing hockey all the time. So um, that was really interesting to me with what Marcus said. Um, really cool kid. Honestly, um, love talking to him on the podcast, even a little bit before when he's just hopped on. He's a really down to earth kind of kid. Uh, loves being outdoors. So speaks to my heart right there. Yeah, we, I mean, we can't, we can't say enough about him. We've gushed about him for the, basically the whole time. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this is we, we've heard, or no, we saw in 2020, a player like Noel Gundler fall to the second round after being considered, you know, a top 15, maybe even a top 10 pick a lot of points during his draft year. Is that what we're going to see with Brad Lambert this year? <laughs> you asked a question like that. And so I'm like, is he this year's Atu Ratu? Um, so it's well, like. Ratu fell like hilarious. Far. Uh, look, I stand by the assessment of Brad Lambert. I, I'm a North American scout. When I read, um, I think it was Corey Prom in The Athletic, uh, he was interviewing scouts and executives and what they were saying about Brad Lambert. It kind of made me kind of, and that's the hard thing with uh, what we do is like, you always second guess your assessment when someone you respect or someone that you think has authority kind of goes against what you're saying or you're thinking. So I was like, dang, I'm going to go watch Lambert tonight. And then I watched Lambert the next night. And my general takeaway with Brad Lambert is um, I don't know what's going on with his Liga team. Like I just, it looks just very much like he doesn't fit within their system. And he, they also aren't utilizing him. And also the entire time I was sitting there, I was watching him play and uh, all I could think was, I wish he was in the WHL with Saskatoon right now. So that would probably be my assessment of Brad Lambert. It's like, if you put Brad Lambert in the WHL based off a skill set and speed alone, I think we're talking about a top five pick. And if he were able to put it together in the CHL this year, like I think we're talking about a guy who's competing with Cooley and Wright, like he should have been for the number one pick. Um, So I, it's hard, you know, there's definitely reasons to be concerned. There's things that definitely like, his decision making um, is it got better, but it was never really great. There's some transition issues he definitely developed as he switched teams. Um, but like you can't when you look at the the speed and the skill set and the way he processes the game with a puck on a stick. Like there, there's very few people in the entire NHL who can can do that. Like it's just going to be a processing issue and and a reading the play. Like if I can put Marcus's brain in Brad Lambert, like in the offensive zone, it'd be wonderful, you know, like, but also I don't think it's, I think Brad Lambert possesses that brain. I think Brad Lambert is a lot better than what people are talking about. So it's a long winded answer, man. But I would say to you, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. We're going to see Brad Lambert fall. You know, I'm going to publish a piece uh, for, for uh, a Buffalo based website and about like the, the dream draft for the sabers and originally brad lambert was nine i'm putting brad lambert at 16 now because i just don't see a world where brad lambert goes before 16 um but i would take brad lambert at three or four excuse me so 
it's a it's an interesting conundrum. I think his draft year he should have been over in North America. I think his game is more suited for it, but um, I still believe in his game. Still believe in the player, um, and I, I think he's going to end up being. It's it's going to take a team to really carefully handle his develop development going forward. I agree, and. You know, I think that's about all we're going to have for this week because, I mean, the Marcus interview is the bulk of the podcast. We briefly introduced him, and we obviously finished with a little bit of other players' talk as well. So I think that's going to do it for this week, Austin. So I would say uh, hopefully we'll get another prospect on in the next week or so. We're we're working on that. Uh, Definitely going to try and do our own little first-round mock draft as well for next week. Um, But – Look, we're getting what are we three weeks away from the draft right now, Matt? It's getting uh, it's going to be fun season right now, so uh, I'm really excited. Well, I'm looking forward to the draft. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun. And folks, as always, he's been Austin. I'm still Matthew. Keep your stick on the ice. Go Bills.